0: All right, so did you guys know that there is an app that is called Die With Me? It looks like this. Uh, at least this is one of the promotional screens. So this is an app that you can only access when you have 5% of your battery or less. <laughs> and so, like, once, once that happens, then you are immediately, like, put into this cool, like, social cyber space with everyone else who has the app. Whose phone is dying, and you can just chat with each other until this is their slogan, right? Die together in a chat room on your way to offline peace. (laughs) We're starting a new sermon series this week that we're calling um, Running on Empty. Running on Empty. I have a really good friend back in Texas. He's a pastor, he's also a cigar smoker. And uh, a lot of other fun things. He was once uh, an NHL chaplain. So he was a chaplain for like, the Dallas Stars. And so his name is Doug. We were having a conversation right before I left and came here about taking care of ourselves both physically and spiritually. Because I kind of had an idea of what we were going to be doing in August already. Like I had an idea about this sermon series. We we're having that preliminary conversation. And he made a comment in that conversation. He said, Yeah, I actually take better care of my phone than I do my own body. Um, and man, that just made me kind of like, I got I to press save on that one because I was curious, man, are there habits uh, that we have that maybe keep us spiritually bankrupt? Or man, are there rhythms that we can cultivate to keep us spiritually full? In his book, Atomic Habits, Uh, author James Clear, at the very beginning of the book, he introduces this idea of of pointing and calling. So he talks about, like, the Japanese railway system, right? And he says, as each operator runs the train, they proceed through a ritual of pointing at different objects and uh, calling out commands. So you might see them, like, approach a signal, and the operator will point at the signal and say. The signal is green. It says, this process is known as pointing and calling. It's a safety system designed to reduce mistakes. It seems silly, but it works incredibly well. He says, pointing and calling reduces errors by up to 85%, and it cuts accidents down by 30%. It says that the MTA subway system in New York City adopted a modified version of this pointing, and they did pointing only. But it says that within two years of implementation, incidents of incorrectly birthed subways fell 57%. Pointing and calling. Uh, James kind of closes this whole idea with this quote from Carl Jung. He says, until we make the unconscious conscious It will direct our lives and we'll call it fate." When I read that particular quote, it wasn't about habits or it wasn't about, you know, anything that James Clear might be talking about. What I saw was, as a spiritual person and someone who is like an ambassador of God, like, my hope for myself is that I won't live my life unaware of my natural habits. And then I credit those things to, like, the supernatural activity of my life. For example, I had a boss who once said, um, let's not give the devil credit for our lack of preparation. Right? So as a spiritual person, and I may even say, like, for us, like, as spiritual people, ambassadors of God, man, I would love for us to grow in our awareness of the natural and the supernatural. So that when we speak of the supernatural, we have an impressive accuracy, a dialed-in nuance in such a way that those who live maybe like solely in the natural, when they hear how we talk and what we say and our accuracy, they may be both intrigued and then curious to hear more. So a couple of things this, this series won't be, okay? First off, it won't be presumptuous. Um, I, won't, I won't say, like, for example, we're looking at gratitude. I'm not going to say, we are all ungrateful. I won't make that assumption or presumption, right? Like, you might be one of the most grateful people on the planet and seated right here in this room. So I'm not going to operate off of presumption as we walk through these. Also, it won't be a should show. Um, fun play on words. My favorite mom that is not my mom... Her name is Dee Dee Long. She's a therapist. And once she told me, you should not should on yourself today. Don't should on yourself today. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I'm not saying, you should be doing this. It will not be a should show. Okay. Like we're we're not going to do that at all. Um, A couple of things this series will be. It will be topical. Okay. So we're going to look at, like again, we're looking at gratitude today. And so we will look at some of the things that the Bible has to say about gratitude. We can't possibly look at all of the things that the Bible has to say about gratitude. I mean, I guess we could, but we have to like, you know, order out food and like, you know, plan to be here a couple days. And so it's topical. We'll look at some of the things. And if your appetite is um, excited by what we talk about, I would encourage you to continue to study throughout the week. Uh, Second thing is it will be invitational. Uh, I mean, this is where I was going to lean in for a second. I firmly believe that what we're going to do over the next several weeks is an invitation from the Holy Spirit to connect more of our core self to who He is. To who He is. And so like, when you think about, like, you know, and when it comes to us, man, like when, when we start with something at the very core and center of who we are, if we can change our heart, or allow the Lord to change our heart at the very center of who we are, then it just begins to like affect everything after that. It finds its way to the surface of our lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and that's my hope and desire in this series, is that we'll find ourselves full. So today, the invitation is this. Let's be Thankful. Thankful. Giving thanks is a prevalent theme throughout Scripture. I would even say that it is a vital ingredient for any disciple or follower of Jesus. Um, like, if you think about it, I don't think we could ever say that God is ungrateful. It's just not, it's not that would not be associated with His character at all. Uh, but there is this thing about giving thanks, about gratitude, where we see God quite a bit. Now, in First Thessalonians, Paul writes this phrase here. It's the end of the chapter. Thessalonians is a book to a, a, a church that was a new church. They were new believers. And so Paul had significant concern for their young life in the Lord because he planted the church and then he had to go away. So they were growing, they were developing, and he wasn't able to, like, be there physically to nurture that as much as he wanted to. Uh, At the end of that book, at the end of that letter, he has these encouragements, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And when I read that phrase, right? Give thanks in all circumstances. It means that there is something to be thankful for in any given circumstance. So there's plenty of situations where gratitude is easy. It just kind of falls right out of the mouth. rolls right out of our hearts. And then there's plenty of situations where it's more of a challenge. I believe that genuine gratitude, it's not conditional. It's not because we're in a spot where it's easier or a spot where it's like genuine gratitude, that thing, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit from inside out, it's constant because it's a position of the soul that is close to God. So I want us to look at two situations today, two, two stories. If you, if you actually have a physical Bible, this will be really great because you can put like, you know, one finger in John chapter 6 and then one in Numbers chapter 11. Um, If you don't have, like, a physical Bible, then, you know, I'm pretty sure you can hop on there quickly and and find either through version or however you want to search it. Um, But I'll be happy to share my Bible on the screens as, as well. Just two instances, though, where we see, I would say, gratitude and then, like, a lack thereof. Uh, John chapter 6 is where we find the account of Jesus and his disciples feeding the 5,000. Numbers 11 is where we see the Israelites begin to complain about the manna that God was providing them in the wilderness. So what I want to do is I want to read these two accounts kind of back to back and then see what we can draw from them as we consider this idea of being thankful. So first, John chapter 6, where it says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. (laughs) And turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he wanted to do. And Philip replied, and even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, there was a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish But what good is that with this huge crowd? Important question there, right? What good is that? And Jesus says, tell everybody to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Now, Numbers 11. I love how this opens. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship. (laughs) And the Lord heard everything they said. It goes on to have even more fun, but we'll jump down to verse 4. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all of the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. And all we ever see is this manna. All we ever see is this manna. The first like, phrase I want to sit in our hearts this morning is that the Holy Spirit is not oblivious to the work. The Holy Spirit is not oblivious to the provision or the presence of God. Said a, a better way, I think, is that the Holy Spirit is actually fully aware of the work. He is fully aware of the provision and the presence of God. So again, like in this series, over the course of the next several weeks, with a desire to connect more of who we are at our core with more of who he is, may we be people who are fully aware of the work, provision, and presence of God. So Jesus knew what was going on with the feeding of the 5,000. He knew exactly what was going on, and so he was positioned in a way where he could show others, like, what God was doing in the moment. And the Israelites in Numbers 11, man, they kind of got to the point where they were discontent with what God was doing, and they longed for something else. So I know it's safe that we could say, like, God is always at work, and he's always providing for our physical and spiritual needs. The, the, the first, like, point I want us to put in our pockets and takeaway is, is this, a thankful heart looks for God, a thankful heart sees God, and a thankful heart acknowledges God in every circumstance. So it's, it, essentially, it's more about Him than it is about us. So when we wake up in the morning, right, we, have, we, have, we have a heart that is looking for Him, a heart that is then seeing Him, and a heart that is acknowledging Him regardless of the circumstance. So we look back at our two stories today, right? It's clear, it is so clear how close Jesus is to the spiritual matters of the moment. He's not so much concerned with like his own appetite or his own circumstance. He genuinely is just looking for what the Father is doing next in the moment. So he's able to see it. He's able to anticipate it. And then he's able to even showcase that to others. He's able to invite other people in because he's so much in that space of being near the Lord. And the Israelites, they're more getting caught up in their own appetites. They're caught up in their own wants and desires, their own story. And so they fail to see the holistic work of God. There's a thing that they want because they want it. That supersedes what God is doing. They get caught up in, the, in, in their want and miss what God Is doing. So for the person who looks for, the person who sees and acknowledges God, where there is enough, we see his provision. Wherever there's enough, we see his provision. And then where there is not enough, we seek his presence. So this is what Paul is describing when, he looked, when he's talking in Philippians chapter 4. When Paul says, man, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstance. He's like, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Can you sense Paul's, like, settled strength. That beautiful, I'm good, not only either way, but any way. It's because he has a heart that is looking for God, that is seeing God and is acknowledging God in every circumstance. Once we have that perspective or vision or search in our hearts. We're looking, we're seeing, and we're acknowledging. The beautiful thing here is the second thing, right? A thankful heart will magnify and clarify God's provision and God's presence. Like, a, a heart that is settled on the story of God and the presence of God and the activity of God will know the difference between blessing and redemption. Like for me personally, like, again, I want to grow In my spiritual clarity of knowing those things that are of God and those things that are not of God. So for example, like in Luke chapter 17, that's where Jesus heals the 10 lepers. Pretty clear provision, right? I mean, he brings healing to 10 different guys. Out of those 10, one comes back and says, thank you. What's interesting about that story is Jesus' response is like, weren't there 10 where are the other nine? And I don't think he's saying that to, like, call out the other nine so much as to say, like, God appreciates gratitude, right? It just reinforces this idea of, like, like when, when, when the work of God is seen and the work of God is acknowledged, God is, like, there with me, and that causes his heart to delight. In John chapter 9, is when Jesus heals the blind man from birth. And then there's, a, there's this question, right? There's this question. That, so the disciples go to Jesus and they say, okay, this guy has been blind since birth. Was it his sins that gave him this blindness, or was it his parents' sins that gave him this blindness? So they're like associating spiritual stuff to this physical thing. And Jesus says, neither. Right? So When I hear that, Jesus says, this is a a normal physical thing. This is just, it happened. But because it happened, like the glory of God will be revealed in him, right? Um, So we see the provision of healing in Luke 17, and then we see the presence of God amidst blindness in John chapter 9. Jesus says, again, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. When we are looking for, when we are seeing and acknowledging God in every circumstance, we're going to be able to pinpoint with greater clarity where he has has been and where he has provided and where he is needed and where he is working. Can you think of that for a minute? Can you think of an instance where you see the provision of God? Like, you know, man, God came through. Or there's just this small thing that's delightful in your life, and you enjoy it, and you appreciate it, and you know it's of the Lord. And maybe there's this harder thing that you also can acknowledge with a pretty, you know, simple. It's just easy for you to say, yeah, this is hard. God isn't absent in this thing, right? God is present, and it's an opportunity for redemption, for restoration, for God's hand and God's touch. Now, like, we are a people who celebrate a Redeemer, right? Like, that's what we do. The Lord God redeems. The Lord God makes new. And so this is a beautiful and critical part of our story because these are the areas where we can see God has room to work. You guys kind of following that with me? So a thankful heart. First, like we see it, we look for it, we acknowledge it. Now that we know what we're seeing, looking for knowledge, we can begin to clarify that. And finally... When we give thanks, man, we bless. When we give thanks, we bless. So we actually can speak the full value of God's provision or we can invite the full measure of his presence. So like by our very nature, our attitude, our contribution in any given moment, we're either going to make more of something or we're going to make less of it, right? When we are grateful, we begin to speak the value of whatever we are grateful for. We're adding to its value. If we're ever ungrateful, we're going to begin to diminish it. God is a redeemer. God is one who makes much. God is one who transforms, who speaks value, who breathes life into all things. It's like when, when Jesus received the loaves and the fishes, he didn't go, is that it? This, this all you got? This, this, like, no. And he didn't go, oh my goodness, look at this battle. He was just like, he received what it was and he gave thanks. But he also, like, in that giving of thanks, so in John it says he gave thanks. In all other Gospels it said that he blessed it. He blessed it. So he actually spoke over it. This is what you are. There's this speaking of value. And then, like, if you think about, like, when Jesus... In the story of Lazarus, there's an opportunity where, where he was absent. And, and he said, Man, like it's it's okay that I was absent. I'm actually glad that I wasn't there because now you will believe all the more. We had the opportunity to speak the full value of God's provision we had to invite the full measure of his presence. So, like in Lazarus' story, that like there was a new measure of Jesus and a new measure of the Lord that was known because of Lazarus' death that wouldn't have been known otherwise. When we look at these two things, our opportunity to speak value over God's provision or invite the fullness of his presence. Those things that are good, those blessings that we do know. What I'm not saying. Is, is to exaggerate. I'm not saying exaggerate them, right? Let's not make much of them in a way that's not true. But we can deeply receive them for all that they are. And in those things that are challenging, what can we learn of God in them? For example, like, cancer is challenging. Cancer is dark. It's painful. And yet, when we engage that dark and painful thing, God's not absent, He's present. And so we aren't lacking in that moment. We have an opportunity to hear more of God. When we we lose a job, when, man, like, (laughs) when we have a situation where money is tight and then something breaks, and we're like, really? any point of discouragement or discontent, it's really an opportunity for us to grow in like, okay, Lord, okay, okay. I'm not going to be circumstantial in my response. I'm going to be grateful in my response because I know you're here. And So I want to grow in knowing you. I want to read Psalm 50 to you. And then we're going to look at how we can walk this out this week. In Psalm 50... God talks about giving thanks. Check out this, verse 7, to the beginning. He says, "O oh, my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, I am your God. He says, I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. He goes, but I do not need the bulls from your barns, or the goats from your pens. All the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Verse 14. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep his vows that you have made to the most high. And then it closes with verse 23. Giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors the Lord. If you keep to his path, He will reveal to you the salvation of God. So let's look for, let's see, let's acknowledge the things of God. And as we do that, let's be able to bring greater clarity. This is a blessing. This is an opportunity for the Lord to redeem and restore. And then once we find ourselves in those situations, we can adequately call out, man, this is the totality, the beauty, and the depth of his provision. And this is the totality and the beauty and the depth of where he is welcome, where his presence is needed, and we can invite it in. So what does it look like for us this week to walk this out? Two questions for us. Question number one, Is there an area of my life that has grown stale that I can revitalize with Thanksgiving? Is there an area of my life that has grown stale that I can revitalize with Thanksgiving? In Mark's version of the story of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus asks the question how much bread do you have? Go and find out. How much bread do you have? Go and find out. Again, there's that idea of like counting blessings, but even beyond that, it's like, I man, what all is in our wake that we know God has done? Second question, is there a hard spot in my life where I can search him out and learn him more? If there's a space where we just feel the pain of life. Those are the spaces where we can learn more of God. We're not going to seek him out when, like, we're aces and all is good, right? We might thank him. We might be like, oh, the Lord is so amazing, right? But these are the moments where we can be like, gosh, am I getting it right? Where am I missing it? Why is this happening to me? We can get so caught up and distracted by some things like when we sense that it's like a trigger it's an it's an initiator that says whoa i'm in a space where i can learn something new about the lord i don't know for me personally i get more caught up if i'm not careful in like what am i doing wrong how have i missed it what why 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 as opposed to like what what is it lord that you want me to know? What is it you want me to learn?